Have you heard discipleship maybe mentioned in your church, in small group, and you've wondered like, how do I do this? How do I get a part of this? How do I start discipleship maybe? Well, have no fear, dear friend. We are talking all about discipleship on today's episode. It is something that I am very passionate about here at the Abundant Woman Collective. And I feel like after this conversation with Beth, you're going to be very passionate about it too. Beth and her husband served with crew military. Beth served as a military wife herself during her husband's 25-year career with the Air Force Base. Beth disciples and conducts Bible studies for female cadets and young military spouses. Having come to faith through Bible study, she has led small groups for military couples and taught Bible study for nearly 23 years. She is also a woman's ministry speaker in various venues, and she's completing a Master of Theological Studies at Gateway Seminary and is releasing a book coming soon, friend. It's called Another Move God, 30 Encouragements to Embrace Your Life as a Military Wife. We cannot wait for any of this stuff to come out, but I can't wait for you to listen to this conversation today with Beth. Let's get it. Hey friend, welcome to the Abundant Woman Collective podcast. Do you want to grow in your faith and have an intimate relationship with Jesus? Do you wake up with big ambitious goals only to be overwhelmed and frustrated when you're way too busy and forgot to prioritize your time with him again? Hey, I'm Sam and I too was someone who craved a deeper relationship but was too busy to make it happen. I felt overwhelmed at trying to fit him in and wished I could be confident in my faith and identity. I wanted to read the Bible and actually understand what I was reading, but I kept telling myself that I didn't have the time, the know-how, or the discipline or tools to make it happen until I found a little secret to get rid of the Christian checklist. In this podcast, you will find biblical truth, hope-filled conversations with women who are right where you are, and all of the practical tools to implement so that you will be able to deepen your relationship with Jesus. So grab your copy, Bible and pen, and let's dig in. Hey friends, welcome. Welcome, Beth. I'm so excited. Thank you for taking the time and hanging out with us here at the Abundant Woman Collective. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be here. Yes, we're going to have fun today. I already know because we've already chatted up. (laughs) Beth, if you just want to kick us off and we've shared your bio, but give us a little bit of like, how did you get into community and get into discipleship? Great. Well, did not start out my journey as a military wife, as a believer. My husband and I actually came to Christ three or four years into our marriage. And that actually happened through community as well. When we moved, this would be our fourth move in three years of marriage. Um, we moved again and we ran into some people my husband used to go to college with who were also serving in the military. And they had become believers and they invited us to their Bible study. And it was in that Bible study, which is an in-depth study on the book of Genesis, that we realized that we didn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ and understood the significance of his death on the cross, you know, understood that we were sinners in need of being saved. And so we came to Christ in community, but then we had really been struggling in our marriage just because I had not been on board with being a military spouse, all the transitions, the moving the change. I wanted to be in control of our life and you you can't be. So I was really struggling with that. So one of the things that we did um, the same year we came to Christ is we went to a Christian marriage conference because we knew we needed help. And at that conference, they 
talked about the biblical blueprint for marriage. Um, it was really some excellent teaching, talked about the roles in marriage, how we are to, you know, seek oneness and how to resist the risk to the drift to isolation. And I saw that, wow, I was really doing marriage wrongly. You know, I was trying to be the leader and my disrespect towards the military was being communicated as disrespect towards my husband. So Mm. we were just so excited about what we learned. And on the last day of the conference, they, you know, said, hey, you can take this information home and share it with others. And they had small group studies that you could buy really inexpensively. And both my husband and I were like, this is just amazing. We have to share this because marriage is hard. And we feel like military marriage might be a little bit harder. So we went back to the small base we were stationed at and just began inviting people into our home and just like, hey, we're going to do a marriage study. Do you want to join us? And that really began a ministry that we continued throughout all of our moves. And not only did it bless others, but it was really a blessing to us in two ways. First of all, so when we would show up at a new location, which we moved 14 times. Oh, my goodness. um, But we would get boots on the ground and really immediately start trying to find people to have a small group and start hosting in our home. So we were creating community for us and eliminating the but the first few moves, we I had like six months to a year of just loneliness. And we were, you know, pretty much getting rid of that because we were creating community, initiating it. So we continued to do that throughout. But the other benefit is that we were teaching these marriage studies where we were investing in others' marriages, but we were making deposits in our own marriage, which we needed, you know, we needed to be reminded of you know, who we are in Christ and how we are to love sacrificially, right? I needed to be reminded of ways that I was disrespectful towards my husband, you know. I needed to be reminded that it's not all about me. And then I also led women's Bible study in my home as well, um, because after that first study, I just was like, I have to study this book. Um, I had never read the Bible before, and I also knew that I would enjoy it more and be more accountable in community. So just everywhere we went, we just showed up at a place. And I often I would start the Bible study with one or two women, but it would grow quickly because, you know, just word of mouth. And military people just need community. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah. So that's what we did when we are on active duty. What we do now looks a little bit different. I love that though, because what I hear is that it started with the decision, right? You decided to go to a conference. You decided from the conference that this is what you could take home with you. And then you initiated it. Like you didn't wait for Betty Sue to invite you to her Bible study. You, you created what the thing that you desired, you created it. And so I love that because so many times I feel like women are like, which I've done this. I can't find community. We post in the Facebook groups. Nobody wants to hang out or whatever. But like, have you invited someone to your home? Have mm-hmm. you met up for a call? Have you initiated the conversation? And for you, you did. You were filling a gap that you wanted and needed in your marriage and with other women, which is so amazing. Yeah. And we didn't like start out with like, oh, we're just going to start this ministry, right? It just was right. like, it was like, this is good stuff. 
And, you know, we were brand new. We didn't have any biblical knowledge, you know, besides the book of Genesis. But we just took the little guide. It told us what to do. (laughs) You know, my husband says, if you can tell time and are willing to invite people to your home. And, you know, one of the barriers I think sometimes that we have to creating community is that we think that our home has to be perfect. Yes. Right. That it has to be Pinterest worthy. That's me. (laughs) And I realized that I could not host people at home with joy if that was going to be my perspective. Mm. And I know we needed to host people at home, you know, all the different places we moved. When we first started, we didn't even have children. So it was a little bit easier, right? But so I just adjusted my view of what hospitality was going to look like. Um, And I also felt like, like my husband and I had a discussion that we wanted to make hospitality look doable. Mm. Um, So we wanted our home to actually not be perfect. Um, And honestly, this is what I did to prepare. I would brew some coffee, stir up some country time lemonade. And sometimes I might take the break apart cookies and put them on a pan and cook them. Um, Sometimes, not Mm -hmm. all the time, right? Sometimes. And then we eventually like started doing like a snack sign up, right? If, If anybody wanted to, they could bring brownies or whatever. But I always kept it like, you know, and especially when we had kids, like, there might be toys on the ground, you know, that the house was not perfectly picked up, the, the bathroom might not be freshly cleaned. But I feel like we need to, like, there's a quote I've read, right? That hospitality is about connection, not perfection. So we deliberately were like, we're going to keep the barrier low. And in the beginning, we would actually serve, we would, we had a bunch of young, engaged instructor pilots that were part of our group. And so you know, they're bachelors. Um, they were coming to our marriage study because um, they were about to get married, which they were awesome guys, right? Who does that? Goes to a marriage study for their marriage. Yeah. But I would just serve them up leftovers afterwards. Like, here you go. Come on. We got some leftover lasagna, you know, oh pop gosh. it on your pate, pop it in the microwave. And of course, they thought it was awesome. They were getting yeah. fed homemade food. Um, but I just think that's like something that we have to accept. And I also think it goes a long way in discipleship because we're letting, we're being vulnerable. We're letting people know that we're not perfect, right? We need to do that from a physical standpoint, but we sure do need to do it emotionally and spiritually too. I think that's a huge part of discipleship is being vulnerable and like just doing real life with people and saying like, Hey, I don't have it all together. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. We, we have this, we did a small group and a group of us decided that we were going to be messy friends, meaning there's sometimes where I feel like my house does, like I'm so guilty of that. I feel like my house has to be put together, but I live in a small house with six people. And so reality is it's never going to be mm-hmm. Pinterest perfect. And so we just decided we're going to be messy friends. And so if my house is messy, sorry, you're in the category of messy friends and deal with it. But like the reality is no one actually cares. Like mm-hmm. nobody cares what your house looks like. They care more so that you open the door for them mm-hmm. because we don't do it as much. They care that you've invited them in. And it also gives permission for the people you're inviting in to come as they are. You can come mm-hmm. messy too. You don't even yeah. need to put on jeans, throw on them leggings mm-hmm. and come over, right? I used to work for Young Life for a little bit ago. And oh, one great. of the mottos um, was earn the right to be heard. And so that was in discipleship and evangelism. But it also was an everyday life. You're bringing these high school girls in. And I was a young mm-hmm. mom at the time. And I usually mm-hmm. had a newborn or a baby on my hip, right? And so 
bringing these girls into my reality. And our realities were very different, but they got to hang out with me and my kids and they got to, some of them even slept over and, you know, but it was inviting them in to my world allowed Mm -hmm. me the opportunity to be invited into their world. Exactly. And, and we do that with everyday life here and friends and community. You're right though. We do. I see them. Sam has to get over that my house has to be perfect and clean and, you know. (laughs) Well, and I think like there's something about inviting people into your home that invites them into your heart, right? Yeah. And Mm -hmm. so I had to be willing to put away the the perfect image, you know, to, to let them say, here, come, you know, be a part. And, you know, military families, like we don't live near our family. Right. So if you can create community in a home, it's really special. Yeah. Yeah. Because nobody has their home family With to them. go home to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why I love the example that you gave of giving these fighter pilots homemade meals because they don't, you know, like you're Leftover. cooking for them. <laughs> yes. Leftovers. That's even better. So what does your, what do these discipleship? So you held small, small groups and you built community, which I love, but then you right. went even further and mm-hmm. built discipleship relationships. What do those look like? Yeah. So that's what I've done since I've been in full-time ministry. So my husband and I work for Crew, um, which is Campus Crusade for Christ. And we work for their military uh, division. It's called Crew Military. Um, So that's where I've really learned about more formal discipleship relationships. And I love it. It started out, I work in ministry with cadets at the Air Force Academy, but I also work with military spouses and military women at the other bases here in Colorado. So yeah, a, a formal discipleship relationship is where you you know you you get to know someone and then you 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 say hey we're going to have like a you know I'll, I'll have a conversation with them you know are you interested in being discipled? But one of the things that I think is super important is get buy in from them, especially with Gen Z. You know, it's like hey we're gonna because you know I don't have unlimited time either. Right. right? I think well I think. First of all, discipleship is just doing life with someone, right? But you do need to have biblical content be a part of your discipleship relationship. But at the very beginning, I say, hey, I only have so much time. I'm going to commit to you, but you, but I need you to commit to me also. And so I get people to commit usually for like a year or at least a school year. And for the military, it's like, well, it depends if they're moving somewhere in there, you know, that's a reasonable explanation to not continue it. But, and then I get that buy-in, right? The first meeting is like, Hey, let's get to know you, share our testimonies. And then, you know, I do do solid content with them, working through some lessons, just basics. Um, Christianity is where we start. Even with everybody, um, I'm always going to start to make sure they really understand the gospel and have really personalized their relationship with Jesus Christ, right? I get a flavor of that through when they share their testimony, um, but I'm still going to do that. And then I cover, I don't have like a set regimen I covered because I'm dealing with people in their lives, but there are certain lessons that I will cover. like. Understanding the Holy Spirit, how to have a quiet time. How do we know the Bible is authoritative? I I deal with a lot of women that aren't yet married, so I'm going to do a purity. So, but I also will 
cater things to them as well, especially with cadets of the academy. I'll have a three to four year relationship with them, right? So as I get to know them, um, I'll find out some things they're struggling with, right? And we can cater it to that. And then yeah. also like in general, and I set the expectation in general, we're going to cover biblical content, right? We, this These are the components of my discipleship meeting, right? Small talk, <laughs> right? How you doing? How's it going, right? We're going to have some biblical content. We're going to pray together. We're going to have some accountability. And, you know, if, if possible, we're going to try to talk about serving or at least how can we invest in others or be sharing the gospel with others. So those are the components. But, you know, if I'm working with a girl and she comes to me and she's just had a major crisis, I am not going to push her on the, on the, all those components, right? right. I'm just going to be her friend, pray with her, listen. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's loosely held, right? And like, I don't like, I get my girls to say, I'm like, Hey, I know life happens, but in general, three out of four weeks, I kind of need you to make it happen, right? I understand life happens, but in general, three out of four weeks or every month, like we're going to make it happen just because my time is limited, you know, and I don't have that time. So that's the way it works with cadets. It's a little bit different with like moms, right? Because then I might help them with Christian parenting or I'll, I will hit on marriage because I just, that's something I'm super passionate about. Yeah. But I, but I hold these concepts that I'm going to teach them like loosely, right? If I find somebody in their brand new believer, you know, I'm going to cover some of those main components really earlier on in our relationship. But in general, it's just being authentic and doing life with them. One of the things that I, you know, think is important in my relationship with them is to say, you know, this is where I'm struggling, Yeah, you know, because I, I don't need them to think that I'm perfect because I'm not, we are all broken and we all need Jesus. And we don't just need Jesus when we come to him and begin relationship. We need him every day. Mm -hmm. So I like to, to do that as well. And then uh, my home is, is very open for them if they want to come over. So some of my discipleship happens. So I have that formal component, right? Um, but some of it happens informally with them just here hanging out. The girls love to come cook at my house because like I have a kitchen. They'll spend the night. They'll come study. And I'm just available if they want to chat, but I also give them space, right? That's so fun that they have safe space, essentially, right? A, you're a safe person, mm -hmm. And not just physically, but spiritually. And I agree about basically not only accountability, like having the people that you're in discipleship with, when they have buy-in, they're more likely to actually commit, right? That's why so mm -hmm. many of these things, like there's different programs that are like a little bit paid because if you put money into it, you'll actually do it or whatever. But yeah. that you keep Get it relationship. You pay for. Yes. And if Mentality. I put my hard-earned money into it, I'm mm -hmm. doing it, hopefully. <laughs> But that you keep it relationship focused. And so it's not this like rigid, though there are boundaries and guidelines. It's not this rigid, we have to cover the book of Acts this week. It's more so relationship driven. And mm -hmm. I feel like that is obviously like shown to us in scripture that Jesus still did what he had to do, right? He was on mm -hmm. mission here. And right. so he had several appointments that he focused mm -hmm. on. But then a, a lot of his ministry, most of his ministry is 
all of his ministry is relationship focused. Like Mm -hmm. we care about the people and what they're walking through and what they're doing. And so for these women and, you know, ladies, cadets that they, they know that because you've opened your home, you've opened your heart, you've set boundaries and they have a safe place to sort of land. I just wonder like, man, they're so blessed to have you like how, and this is an encouragement for us listening that like, man, how can we do that for others and mm-hmm. ourselves? Because mm-hmm. discipleship also needs to happen for ourselves. So yeah, how, what is your best tip actually best for finding discipleship for ourselves, someone to disciple us? Sure. And I will say like, obviously I'm an empty nester. My kids are in college, right? Mm-hmm. So I have a lot more capacity than if you have a mom, but even if you're a mom, you have kids at home, like. I, I took on a girl that was my babysitter when my kids were little, right? Um, and it meant it, it did not look as neat and pretty as it does now that I'm an empty nester, right? But I would just spend time with her after she had babysat for us, right? And then sometimes, sometimes we'd meet for coffee. I mean, it looked a little bit looser, but I think, I think that we, we all have something we could share, right? And I'm going to talk about how I find someone, but I think, Some of us think like, oh, I'm not old enough or I don't know enough. Yes. We never, ever know Mm -hmm. enough. We're never going to know enough, right? But if you've walked with Jesus for a year, you have something you can share with somebody else and you can be pouring into someone else. And it doesn't have to be someone younger. It just needs to be someone less spiritually along than you are, right? And generally it works best, right? it's really cool when you can find somebody who's discipling you, who's like that step above you, right? Yeah. You maybe if you have elementary kids, you know, they have middle, yeah. right? So they can help you when you're like, I'm pulling my hair out. How do I deal with puberty? But yeah, for myself. So I had to find people a lot because we moved all the time. Yeah. There's two things I did. Sometimes I would find an older woman, you know, at, at the church we were attending and ask them, you know, hey, I'm looking for, you know, I think Titus 2 is our model here, right? The older women should be teaching the younger women. But I I think all of us should have a sandwich. Mm-hmm. So there's us, there's someone that's discipling us, and then we have people that we're investing in, right? Mine looks like, like a pyramid now because I've got one woman investing in me and then I'm investing in a lot. And then actually those gals are yeah. discipling other people, right? So we have, we are multiplying the impact. So sometimes I would ask an older woman, like, hey, you know, would you be willing to meet with me periodically to invest, like mentor me? But sometimes I just didn't have that because of the location we were at. Um, so I would find another woman who I could tell was walking with the Lord. I would pray about it. So, I mean, we sometimes had a year. Well, a lot of times I had a year in a location and I would be like, Hey, would you like to be like a prayer partner with me? I'm like, we meet weekly pray. So it was, it was more of a peer discipleship, but it was, you know, someone for that year who I knew was going to, you know, be, be my closest confidant, right. And, and help me with accountability and, you know, just someone to invest in me and me invest in them. So I would just pray about that and it always worked out. And, I, you know, I had a couple of women who were like, I've, I've never done that before. What, what are we, that's weird. You know, what do we do? I was like, oh yeah, we just get together, you know, 
And then I think, you know, getting involved in Bible study. Um, as we moved on, you know, like I said, I was leading a lot. Occasionally, though, I would plug into one at a church, right? Or like I did BSF one year, you know, and then oh, finding yeah. a woman there, just a woman who seems to be, you know, a little bit more spiritually mature. Like here, you know, I just showed up at my church and I really wanted to work on prayer, being more of a prayer warrior and being more intimate in my prayer life. And so there was a woman who she and her husband at the time were leading the prayer ministry at our church. They're not doing that anymore. And I just was like, hey, would you be willing to meet with me and like help me grow closer to the Lord? And we're still meeting, you know, and I just think all of us need someone investing in us. Yeah. Um, and it just it just takes saying, hey, I mean, and like, you, we think, oh, I don't want to burden them, mm-hmm. right? But the thing is, like, she tells me all the time what a blessing it is. She's like 80, you know, that she she's like, I feel like I'm still part of ministry yeah, because I'm part of your life. And, you know, like, sh- she's amazing. I mean, she will just pray over you know, my concerns with my college age kids or uh, something I've got going on with ministry. And she'll just like reach out and like text me. It's just so cute. Like, and like, she's a tremendous blessing in my life, but she tells me what a blessing it is, you know, to have a younger woman that she's investing in, even though, you know, when you get older, you can't do as much. Yeah. I, I a hundred percent agree with that because I've had several actually recently, probably in the last Three months. I've had several conversations with women sort of my age, 30s, 40s, who were like, okay, how do we find? We've read Titus 2. How do I find that older person? Like, where, where do I find them? How do I find them? And then I've had older women, just they sort of, the conversations have been sort of, we, they feel not needed, right? Like, we have mm-hmm. our stuff together and they don't mm-hmm. need us as much anymore. And even the internet answers the questions. And so both of those, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I almost wish there was like a match.com for like <laughs> discipleship, discipleship.com. But, you know, it's they both feel like, oh, I'm burdening the older people. And the older mm-hmm. people are like, they don't need us or want us. And mm-hmm. I, if you thought that, would like to say that that is a lie. And mm-hmm. that is a strategic lie because, mm-hmm. well, we believe in women. And so women have power and women have power in numbers. And so- mm-hmm. When you have these older women that have gone through a whole heck of a lot of life, right? Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of it. They've gone through scripture. They've gone through life and that they can mentor you, hold you accountable. They can, most of them, I feel like that I've had in my life are pretty honest. And so they can be honest with mm-hmm. you, but then the vice versa, you have that person that you can ask the question to, you can, the puberty, the hard things that we don't talk about, right? <laughs> All these things, the marriage questions, like you can ask. The, and the Jesus questions. There's a lot of women, I feel like, that feel like, actually, this has also been told to me several times in the last few months, that I'm older, but I'm still a new Christian, and I was raised Catholic, or I was raised whatever, no religion mm-hmm. at all. And so because I'm older, I feel like I should know more, and I don't mm-hmm. know more. Or or maybe I'm whatever age, and I just don't, I'm not like a good enough Christian. And so- mm-hmm. I would like you to speak to, you've already touched on it a little bit, but that whole like mentality when it comes to discipleship, because again, the enemy just likes Mm -hmm. to get these sneaky little lies in our head. And that is Mm -hmm. a lie. So Mm -hmm. can you give some love to those women who are 
sort of doubting their abilities to even disciple? Well, you if you've been a Christian for even a day, you right, you know how to come to Christ. You have something you can teach others. You know, maybe start with like a middle school or a high school girl. I, I mean, I can say, you know, from all the churches we've been involved in, those high school kids, the church is always looking for more people to pour into them, right? Yeah. Um, and I would pray and ask God, like, do you have I've got a girlfriend who is investing in the teenage girls that are her neighbors, you know, that don't live in a Christian home, right? I just pray, look around you. It might be a babysitter. It might be somebody who teaches your kids a sport, you know, just somebody that you can invest in. And here's the thing. Whenever we are teaching something, we learn far more than we, than when we are the student. So when the very first, I, stumbled in. I actually, I forgot about this. I did have a formal discipleship relationship when we were still military spouses. So er, early on, the first Bible study I led, only God could have done this, but I had two women in my group who accepted Christ. And then, so I'm like a brand new Christian. Like I've been a Christian a year. And so I go to a more mature woman who was in my group. So I was like the facilitator, which I thought meant you don't have to know anything. You just lead discussion. (laughs) That was not correct, but God used that to get me into the role of teaching, which I believe is my spiritual gift and I love to do, but I also grew so much by it, right? So I went to her and said, I need you to invest in these women and disciple them because I don't even know what to teach them. And she said, "Uh, no, it doesn't work that way. She's yes. like, you are going to disciple them. And I'm like, I don't know anything, anything. And I was like, no, I can't do that. And she was like, Beth, I'm absolutely sure that you are the one to do it. She's like, you're the leader. You have to do it. God has placed you. And I was terrified. Yeah. But I got this curriculum. It was actually from Campus Crusade for Christ. And I didn't know that till about 15 years later when I ran across it cleaning out from another move. And then here we had come on staff with Campus Crusade. But it was just basic principles of discipleship. And there's a lot of materials out there. I'd be happy after this to email you some suggestions you could put in your show notes. There's a lot of materials out there that give you like the ABCs, right? Exactly what to do, a lesson to cover. Um, I still use materials that crew produces, you know, to cover those basics that I cover. But that's what I started out. It was just 12 lessons. And so I met with these girls while our children napped. I had a one-year-old baby and <laughs> so did they, like a one and two-year-old. Again, God orchestrated all of yep. that. So we went to one of the gals' houses. We brought our pack and plays and we put the children down for their nap in separate rooms. And then we met on the couch and I discipled them using these lessons. But I still have the book. I go back and you can see by, I mark everything up. I am learning these principles. Oh, I love it. And then I'm turning around and teaching it to these gals. Like, I don't know anything. Yeah. Like, I'm like, why is the Bible reliable? Oh, okay. I should know this. Let me learn this. But it's all there. Mm -hmm. So I'm just, you know, giving it back to them. And like, I didn't even remember that until you just brought that up. And so like, I feel like that's God saying, look, Beth did it. She knew nothing. 
Yeah. Yeah. She knew nothing. And I just used this guide and I discipled these gals. And those principles are still some of the things that I use today. You know, so you, you don't, but you're going to learn. And we all have the Holy Spirit who is with us. I mean, I can remember coming away from some of those meetings. And like in the car, driving home with my son in the car seat and being like, I don't don't even know how that happened. I answered their questions and the Holy Spirit just totally came. Like just being amazed at how God had worked through me and literally been like, how did I know? Or there are other times where it's like they ask you a question and I'm like, you know, I don't really know. Get back to you on that. That is a fully acceptable answer. Totally okay. And I still do that because, man, I get some questions from some of these really smart cadet girls, you know, that I'm like, ugh. And I will say, like, there's an app that I really like that I use occasionally in discipleship. I'm very familiar with it. It's called Got Questions. It's just an app. It has lots of great Christian information on it. So you can pull that up. But I mean, I would encourage you to go to Crew's website, crew.org, C-R-U. It's not crew, like rowing crew. But also I will put some some books if people want to get it, just basics of discipleship. Um, yeah, but, I'll leave those in the show notes. But Crew is just free resources. And I'll give you the exact link to get you to all these lessons so people can go from the show notes. But, you know, if you've accepted Christ, then you are equipped. Because you have the Holy Spirit and you have however many days you've walked with Christ can be that many days more than the person next to you. And I think at times, because of all our moving, I did have to have peer discipleship relationships. That's not ideal, right? If you're not in the military and you live in a town, please don't let that be your, your goal, right? If you're stationary. But I wasn't. But I knew I needed another believer. This is my, you know, this is a close confidant that I bring really close. And I'm like, hey, this is really ugly, but I need to talk about this, right? Yeah. Yeah. I actually love your answer to you with the, I don't know, get back to you. I do that also (laughs) because here's the deal. I would much rather give a pause button on an answer than give the false answer or give an answer that's me and not him. Right. And so that's okay. I love, I love that you remembered that story because you guys, and we don't bring God by surprise, right? So we're, we're not surprising him in any way, but yet he, he has called us. He has equipped us when he said, therefore go and make disciples. It wasn't Mm -hmm. therefore go and make disciples only if you have a master's degree in theology. It wasn't, you know, which yes, education is important for certain parts of your life, but right. making disciples is relationship based and it's doing it with what you have, where you are, the people mm-hmm. around you. And I feel like we sometimes, I'm going to say this in a lovingly way, make excuses to get out of it mm-hmm. when we make it harder than it needs to be. And it's really just, yes, doing life with each other, but also holding each other accountable. Also, mm-hmm mentoring and going through scripture and using biblical principles and practices with other people. Mm-hmm. And so I want to lovingly say that it's not about you. <laughs> and so this is the year 2024 is going to be the year where you friend listening, make a disciple, whether it's a, your new Sunday school teacher and you get to teach littles, which 
I love that too. I learned so Mm -hmm. much doing Sunday school as a teenager because they literally tell you what to say. So you're like, oh, Cain and Abel, cool. You know, but this is the year that I just, women, we need to do, we need to do better in this area Mm -hmm. and not better accomplishments, but better, like intentionally seeking relationships to be discipled and be held accountable and then also do the same with others. And this is our year. It's not about us and our wants and likes. You can invite people to your messy home. You can go meet them with coffee. Like that's fine. But just make a decision to do that like this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, Beth, before we go, I want you to do two things. The first of which is you have been so great and so encouraging, but I'm going to, can you leave us with like a, a last sounding encouragement hurrah for these women that maybe are like, yes, okay, let's do it. Yeah. Well, while you were just talking, what came to mind to me was Matthew 28, you know, go and make disciples, baptize them in the name of the father and the son, and the Holy spirit, right? That's, that's the great commission. And I love that the very first time I shared the gospel with these two women, one-on-one and they accepted Christ, which is amazing. Praise God, all him, not me that the older woman in my group was like, you need to disciple them. Because I think we we learn how to share the gospel, but then we stop there. Mm-hmm. And making disciples isn't just about sharing the gospel. Yep. It's making disciples and doing life with them. And so I think like that's a part of it. That's a part of growing the kingdom and about, you know, the, if you look at the language in that Matthew 28, right, go and make, it's a command. (laughs) This is not if you're just a spiritual giant. And I love that you pointed out, like, you don't have to have a master's of theology. Look at what Jesus's first disciples were, right? He did not pick any of the Pharisees. He picked the commoners, you know, with the exception of Matthew, the tax collector, right? He, he picked fishermen, right? He And he just, I am so passionate about doing life with people and being authentic with them, right? It, it doesn't have to be that hard. Yes, you need to cover some basic big bold content, but it's not that complicated to just do life. And look around you, ask guys to God to give you eyes to see a person around you that you could invest in and a person around you that could invest in you. And, but you're going to have to take the initiative on both of those. Yeah. And it takes taking the initiative, but you will be so blessed. You will make some of the best friendships in your life. And it is incredibly, incredibly rewarding. I cannot tell you the joy that I've had. Like I got to baptize a girl early this year. Yeah. You know, I mean, there is so much joy in that. Mm-hmm. So if you're not doing this, you are missing out on some of God's greatest blessings. Yeah. Yep. Yes. And I love that you mentioned 18 or Matthew 28, because 20 says teaching them to observe all that I have commanded right. you. And that's what discipleship is. Yes. And I'm with you always. So, hey, again, it's not about you and you have the Holy Spirit with you to help you and facilitate that. And so... Yes, I love that. Thank you so much, Beth. Where can we find you and say hi to you and all the things? Sure. Well, my website is um, www.bethrunkle.com. That's R-U-N-K-L-E. Um, and I blog and would love to connect with you. I mean, I'm in full-time ministry, so I just love to help people grow spiritually. 
I am on social. It's Instagram is Beth P. Runkle, as in Paul. And then Facebook is Beth Parker Runkle, my maiden name. Um, and then also, if you want to learn more about Crew Military, which is the ministry that I work with, that's crewmilitary.org. Perfect. And we'll have and all again, these crew is C-R-U. Yes. Yes. Not the boat. Boating. We will have all of these links below so you guys have easy access to Beth. Thank you so much for this wisdom and time. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity. All glory to God. Friend, I hope you were blessed by this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Before you go, quick things. One, can you follow us on social? I would love to get social with you. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube all have the username Abundant Woman Co. Come say hi. Also, we have a free Facebook community that has women just like you building community, going after Jesus, and just making connections. Come join us there. I can't wait to meet you. And last, I would love if you could screenshot this episode and share it on your socials for a chance to be featured. Until next time. Thank you.